Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. And uh, you are listening to Season 2, Episode 17. Man, getting up there. (laughs) Uh, I got to ask on that. I got to think about this today, Todd. Um, so we're episode two or season two, episode 17. Did, how many episodes did we do season one? 40. 40. So we're at 57. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I play the compare. Not that I'm competitive. I'm just was keeping track of the uh, off-duty ADs. They just posted their 100th. I know. Yeah, I know. They're, they're I'm curious where we're at. They're ahead of us for sure. Had a chance to catch up to them or not. So I don't think so. They got a pretty – Remarkable lead. Well, we spotted him a happy year or so. We did, but uh, yeah. So yeah, we are just a measly fifty-seven. But, measly fifty-seven. <laughs> Can you believe that? We're ahead of last year's pace, though. Did Did you think? I mean, honestly, when we started this thing, did you think about fifty-seven, sixty episodes? No, I mean, who knew? You know, we just started out. Time. Yeah, I mean, it just. It's been fun to watch it snowball, though. You know, I, I think uh, it's been fun to get some guests on that, you know, obviously we kind of started with our local Iowa ADs, and it's good to have them on, but it's been good to get some of those guys on from the national scene, you know, Ira and Dr. Hobbs and yep. Rob Seymour in yeah. Indiana. And yeah, but who knew the three of us had this much, like, remotely interesting to talk about? <laughs> Well, well, the the beauty of it is, is that we only have them for an hour, so we fool them for an hour. That's true. And we encourage them not to listen to any shows before they come on the podcast. Correct. Yeah, we don't want them knowing what they're getting into. No, so just come in blind, honest. Yes, absolutely. That helps a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It has been, it's been so much fun, you know, and, um, just good therapy every week, but I think it's it's been fun to talk through some things and yeah, get the input from other ads. That's what's been the funnest part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just obviously we met people and you know you think back, golly, you know doing that sh- uh, podcast at the national convention. I mean, wh- how much fun was that? No, and the yeah. guys that just randomly walked by. Yeah, yeah. No, good stuff. That's. That's what's been fun about this, and, and Lord knows we're in a profession that does not uh, doesn't lack for information or scenarios or surprises to talk I, about. I know, sure. no doubt. I've got I've got one scenario we need to talk about sometime too. We could start a whole new section on the show. 
you know, like scenario. I mean, it could be a scenario <laughs> corner. Well, a friend of mine, a friend of mine has right. an issue. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> what you? That's what should he do? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. My brother's cousin's sister right. called me and asked school. me. Yeah. That, that might, we might have to alternate that with what's up, what's down for a while and see how that one flies. We could. Friend. Yeah. Asking mm. for a friend. That could be the name of it. That's a good one. <laughs> That's funny. And we'll come back with that sometime. We got time to go. develop that. Well, hey, you know, the good thing about um, being in a long time is that you become the uh, master of segues and you know with being around for a long time we have some sponsors and uh, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors right now and uh, scott you're going to take care of our first sponsor all right i'm i'm with you from hometown ticketing are you an ad interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful are you looking wait for ways to improve the fan experience at your games well we suggest you take a look into hometown ticketing Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown integrates industry leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket buying experience that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account, remember a password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So visit www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. That's www.hometownticketing.com. Yeah, thank you to Hometown Ticketing. Again, if, if uh, you're an AD and you have it connected with them on their LinkedIn or um, Twitter, getting to follow them, uh, do that. Great group. Uh, look forward to working with them next year. Uh, you know, the other one that we uh, want to give a shout out is our sponsor, Gipper. And uh, everyone wants their athletic program to stand out on social media. And uh, now you can with Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. So try Gipper out for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. That's gogipper.com backslash athletics. And we were talking earlier, uh, Gipper uh, through the Iowa Girls, is Iowa Girls, right? Coach yeah, Association. Iowa Girls Coaches Association, yeah. Offering it free to all member schools or coaches, I believe, through, I think, the month of June. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. so uh, go out and try them out. You can create some great graphics. Um, it is. You can do it in seconds in no time. All three of us are using them, and uh, I really like them. It just kind of ups your game on social media. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I just jumped on board with them here. Uh, over the weekend and started working on those senior spotlight, uh, you know, social media cards and stuff. And it's pretty slick. Um, they look sharp and, uh, it'd be a great way to honor seniors. So that was, that was cool by the girls coaches association and cool by the, the Gipper folks, uh, with Matt there to, uh, and work out a deal there to give Iowa eighties a chance to, to make use of that here and, and celebrate our kids the next two months since we've got to do it off the cuff, so to speak. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they're easy. So if you're uh, 
nervous about it all, don't be, because uh, you'll you'll be just fine using Gipper. So go go check them out. Matthew Glick is a guy you want to connect with on LinkedIn there. Also, uh, Varsity Bound is a, a sponsor of ours. We're working on a a read for them, uh, and uh, but we want to thank Varsity Bound for being a sponsor of Beyond the Bench as well. So. Well, we kind of did a nice intro there. So uh, as you can hear, all three of us are here. Um, nowhere else to go, nowhere else to be, except yeah. right here. So uh, we're glad you're here with us. And uh, we're going to get into a little what's up, what's down. Um, we got to come Scott, up with, we got to come up with a little, you know, like segue, like little, you know, music, you know, deal for this up, down, what's up, up what's up, down. And I don't know, maybe some maybe some funk music there or something. Todd, what do you think? Uh, we could go live with that too. I get the bass out or something. We could create our <laughs> own go. music live. You, you want me to do a little beatbox in the yeah. background? There you That'd go. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe season three. That's what's coming. Yeah. There, you go. there we go. I was segued out after getting through the sponsors, so uh, no segues. All right, Scott. What's up with you? Um, you know, uh, I. It, last week we kind of ended with a tough week, but um, I just have been amazed by the resiliency of our kids um, and coaches. And and maybe everybody was kind of anticipating us, um, you know, not having a spring season. Um, although I know a lot of people were very disappointed. Um, I got a lot of really nice emails from some of our student athletes um, last week, so it was that was nice. Um, I know we had some folks that were a lot of kids that were down and a lot of, um, a lot of kids that are really hurting, but, um, I think they've handled it really well. So I just wanted to give a shout out to my student athletes at Ankeny Centennial for just being great kids and having some resiliency and, and knowing that this is not an easy situation, but they are, they are making the best of it and understand what they're doing, um, is helping save people's lives. So, yeah, good point. Stuff. Well, um, I think my up is going to be this. Just a, a moment, I guess. Uh, it was it was just me. Uh, you know, Scott mentioned Friday afternoon was tough, tougher than I was anticipating it was going to be. Um, and uh, and then being over here in Cedar Rapids, we couldn't do the the light up Iowa the way we wanted to because the only way our kids could see our lights is if they came to the school, and we just really couldn't encourage that. So couldn't do that. But I. Kind of had the idea Friday night, so I went up. I set my alarm for 5:30 a.m. on Saturday morning, and uh, I, I guess I was just reminded. I always used to tell our kids uh, when I was coaching, if we had a bad night, I said, "Hey, guess what, folks?" Um, I said, "The sun's coming up tomorrow morning, and your folks still love you." And I just I thought of that Friday night, and I thought, you know, maybe that's a message our kids need to hear. So I went up and got up in the press box uh, over our baseball field then I could overlook the campus uh, up there and just I watched the sunrise come up over uh, over Cedar Rapids and over the Kennedy campus because uh, the, the press box is facing facing to the east and so I just kind of got to watch the sun come up and then share that moment and I guess that was just um, it took a lot of the sting out it was just that kind of therapeutic moment mm -hmm. that hey yeah it sucks but um, tomorrow's coming and and, uh, and we get in we got to keep getting after it. So I just, it was, I was glad I did that. Um, yeah. The alarm went off 530. I wasn't so sure I was glad I was going to do that, but it just was quiet. Birds were singing, sun coming up and. Mm -hmm. um, oh, video, Aaron. I, I was I, glad I did that. I, I enjoyed your video that you took that morning. 
it was, I hope that was all right. I, I've been trying to find that balance. I know we all are between sending that kind of stuff out and not overdoing it. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good video. Yeah, that was, uh, that was nice. It was a good picture. Good thought. I mean, you know, mine's kind of the same way. I mean, I, I've just been so proud of our kids and our coaches, the resilience. And it's the same word I had, Scott, you know, as you yeah. think of it. But then I, I think, too, it's, it's, it's just what we do, you know. Um, it was a gut punch on Friday. You, you knew it was coming. You, I mean, you, you had a feeling it was coming. Uh, but then when it happens, you know, it just – it hurt. Yeah. And uh, you hurt for the coaches, you hurt for the kids, uh, you hurt for the seniors. But, you know, all that was said before here is, is true. It's resilience. It's the sun coming up the next day. And for me, the up was um, we drove up Saturday to the lake, to Okaboji, and uh, it's where we're at right now, too. And I just felt like things were going back to normal a little bit, you know. Um, we were coming up here for the weekend, and now it's not normal because staying the whole week. Uh, I got to go back now for a little bit to to take care of some things, but you know, we were going to stay all week and I'll be home for a day or two and come back up. So uh, that's not normal, but coming up to a place where you really feel good and you can relax a little bit um, and still get your work done uh, just felt good. Um, and, you know, adapt and overcome is what we do. And uh, yep. this will be no different. It's different, but we'll find a way to, to get through it as well. So, um, that's my up too. We're just kind of feeling like you're getting back to a little bit of normal. What's down, Scott? Well, I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, we had that rough Friday and, uh, you know, I know there was a lot of tears shed and, and then again, I, I, it was just a, a down that we had to go through that. And again, I just felt so bad for our kids. Um, but I don't, did you guys get that? email from John Gordon uh, today uh, from the Daily Positive. And I've been kind of struggling all weekend, just kind of not feeling, uh, I don't know, just not feeling right, just a little off. And uh, John Gordon's that Daily Positive um, message, and he, he just says it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, d don't ignore the fact that you're feeling bad and Everything, you know, it kind of sucks at this time, but, you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it, kind of like what you said, Aaron. The sun comes up tomorrow, you know, family's healthy. Um, so, I don't know, just kind of feeling a little bit down. And, and I don't know, just feeling a little in the funk a little bit. So, um, that was just a good message to get this morning. So, that's my down, just feeling bad for the kids and um, – I think for ADs, it's always like, okay, what, what's next? What do we have to prepare for? And there's so many different scenarios. I feel a little overwhelmed at times, even though, you know, you feel like you shouldn't be because we're at home and the hustle and bustle of the games, but maybe it's just because we're used to having that and it's not there now. So it just, yeah. you're kind of missing something. So something just feels a little off because you, you, you know, you're kind of in that mode this time of year. You're at a game every single night and things are clicking and now you're kind of like, okay, well, this could happen and it could not happen, but this could happen and it could not happen. And so I've just been feeling kind of like, whoa. 
what what are we doing? You mean you're not going a thousand miles an hour, Scott? You don't know what to do with that? Well, I told Todd earlier, I was like, I've been walking about six, 11 miles a day. So I keep getting kicked out of the house. <laughs> My poor dog is ready to die. <laughs> is the dog, is the dog starting to just, hold on, I'm not with him. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he runs away now when, I, when he thinks I'm going to go for a walk. That poor dog hides. <laughs> you start getting in trouble and your dog starts hiding on the table and man, I ain't going this time. Yeah, I'm, yeah, out. I'm out. I'm checked out, man. He's hiding. He's, he's hiding behind the bushes. He's hiding in the, in the coat closets. I think oh, he wants to man. play hide and seek, but I don't know. Maybe he's just, good. maybe he's sick of me. Oh, that's good. Hi, <sighs> Yaron. Well, there's the obvious down, obviously, so I'll skip past that one for now. Um, so here's my down of the day. Why couldn't they just run all 10 episodes of, of The Last Dance last night? Why did, <laughs> why did I have to stop after two? I'd have been up I'm done. All right, you and I are the same one, because that's why I'm going. That's... I mean, I said to Jeanette tonight, I'm like, seriously, I gotta wait till next Sunday. Let's I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the that's what we're used to. You know, we get yeah. on Netflix and we can watch all of Ozark in two days, season three, mm -hmm. and they're teasing us. I told Deb that last night when it was over. It's like if it was ten hours, I'd ten hours it right now. Yeah. Oh. Yep. It's phenomenal. I thought that was that. Yeah, you know, and they're geniuses. They are. They've got nothing to talk about for the next six weeks. So guess, but they've given themselves in the sports uh, the sports uh, talk world six weeks of LeBron versus MJ. Mm -hmm. Genius. Boy, yeah. But so. you know, it's like, boy, when you go back and you you look at him. Michael Jordan back in that era where he was, and he was towards the end of it there a little bit. But when you see the younger Michael Jordan, you realize, I mean, when you start, how he was so good. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not, that's not, uh, nobody's falling off their chair hearing me make that statement. But you're reminded <laughs> because you forget about it. Yeah. I mean, that's 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I I could watch his between the legs three times in a row, step back, jump rope, yeah. bird. I could watch that just over and over and over and over again. You get? Did you get? Do you remember watching that sixty-three point game? Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, incredible. Yeah. The nice thing about that too, I read today that uh, what he was set to make three or four million dollars on that, and he's donated it all to charity. Is he? Yeah, he's not taking a dime from this for releasing it. So, yeah, I was with you, Aaron. That was that was mine too because I was, oh, I was fired up after that. I, I just, <laughs> I think Colin Coward said today too. He said, "Well, there you go. Michael Jordan saves the NBA again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, it's just it's really well done. I think so far. Yeah. And the fact that they get Michael Jordan to talk like that, to talk from his chair in his living room, I'm assuming yeah. that's what it is. But yeah. 
you don't get that glimpse of him. He hasn't given that before. No. Um, not like this. And it's it's fascinating. And and, and Scotty Pippen's just raw truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's good. Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was not even in the top one hundred in terms of salary for most of his career. I didn't either. And that is nuts. Yeah, he didn't get a real big contract till the very end. Yeah. The Bulls had a guy who was the top 50 all-time NBA player for essentially what league minimum, basically. Yeah. Crazy. Nuts. All right. Well, that wasn't too too bad. There was nobody on the road when I was driving up here, so I couldn't do any uh, road rage things. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much to deal with, so. I like it. No problems there. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about a couple things here briefly on the show. And, uh, Scott, you're going to kind of yeah. just take through some spring uh, to-do lists, some things to think about that have been coming up. We're going to put this out to the, the masses, but by golly, in about 10 minutes, you kind of filled our page. So, Yeah, uh, I, talked to, I, I talked to a couple ADs. Uh, I talked to uh, Mr. Untham and uh, Brent Butcher and – we just talked about it a little bit. And what are, what are you guys doing with Huddle right now? I mean, that was that a was question a that, question. that I came don't know. up. I, uh, I sent them an email and saying, hey, is there a rebate back for spring sports? And I got a response today that basically said, no, we give you guys uh, already a reduced rate. So have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, all right, there you go. So, so we answered yeah. that question for everybody. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was fun. <laughs> well, well I the, imagine they're looking at that already. Because what is it? You get you sign up. I mean, their their bundle package are three sports, and then you got the full access. And so, if your football team uses it, volleyball uses it, boys and girls basketball yeah. wrestling use it. That was their. That yeah. was their. That was their deal. So anyway, are you do you think your coaches are using Huddle to communicate with kids a little bit? I don't. I, ours aren't. Ours aren't. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm kind of interested to dig into this uh, varsity bound messenger a little bit more. Um, it had some really cool features when I talked to Sam, so I'm kind of uh, excited to kind of dive into that a little bit. All right. So, all right. Uh, Another one that came up was, what are you guys doing with your athletic trainers right now? Are you doing anything? I mean, are you both contracted? We are. Like and a, we're paying the hospital? Them. Yeah. We're about, paying them. You're paying them? Yep. Aaron, what are you guys doing? We actually just shifted over um, January 1st to uh, partner with the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep all of our original trainers. So they yep. – them and, and like them and they hired them onto their U of I staff. So, um, and university of Iowa is keeping them on, on staff. They're keeping them busy. They're working on some projects, um, with university of Iowa. Um, they'll start doing some clinic hours with them here if they, if they need once things start to loosen up a little bit, but Iowa's got, Iowa's keeping them on, on salary and keeping them busy, um, portable stuff and, and things like that. So they're getting paid. Yeah. I, our, our trainer, um, is doing real, is doing some great stuff. He actually set up a, a tele uh, medical center so our kids can video conference with him. 
and it mm-hmm. follow, follows all FERPA and HIPAA and all that those guidelines. And he's actually meeting with our student athletes right now virtually. And they're, yeah. you know, hey, this is what's wrong. And he's been working with them. He's been giving me videos to like um, to post for our kids about, you know, just staying healthy tips and uh, stretches. And he, as he's been getting uh, complaints in, he's been trying to focus some attention on some of the more prevalent things he's seen and then giving me videos. And we're just kind of doing some ATC tips, um, which has been great. And we're actually right now working with him and some chiropractors in town, knowing that when we get back, um, physicals. physicals. And so we've got um, some chiropractors and some other um, medical providers that are going to provide our student athletes. We'll set the day up um, when we can get back and give out physicals uh, for our kids. So we've been working on that too. So, and then our, our strength coach has been posting all of our, you know, workouts on um, our, uh, you know, strength and conditioning platform. So we get, I think a lot of trainers and strength coaches are doing a lot of good stuff right now. They really are. I, I think the one thing I talked about today with my superintendent too was, you know, he was asking about spring and summer or summer sports, baseball, softball. And I said, well, the tough part is they are, if they don't decide till June 1st, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And what they'll likely take that out to the 11th hour again. Um, but if they decide June 1st, they're not going to have baseball and softball. How can you go in and start taking money away from them now? Yeah. You know what? It's a a really almost a month into their season. It is for sure. Yeah. I mean the normal season. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that's, that's a tough date to work with that way. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I, nobody wants to not pay them. I don't, I don't think, you know, it's just, So another question that came up, and this has been something that the whole CIML, I know that I saw a string of emails between principals is what you're doing with dance tryouts, cheer tryouts, color guard. A lot of people are doing virtual tryouts. Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing with that? Or have you even had that discussion yet? Or what's that looking like for you guys? Don't know. That's a good question, and that's I need to talk to the cheer coach about that. That's a good question. Um, my cheer coach has her set up. She's doing her, um, she's doing her virtual tryouts next week. Um, so she's been pushing that out for a month, um, and uh, you know we've been pushing that on social media and trying to make sure people know, are aware of it. And then she's also got a um, <clears throat> she's gonna fill what she can. Um, she's gonna leave some slots open. Okay. And, and, and probably do a fall. Uh, Try out. They'll do the summer camp, things like that. I'll be willing to expand a couple spots come next year for kids who maybe, uh, maybe they didn't have access, they didn't hear about it, whatever, but they can get on the fall cheer squads. Uh, so she's open to that. Dance team coach is thinking about it. Uh, I haven't heard any final thoughts from her. Um, the other group that is, is talking about doing is our show choir mm. uh, director. And, and having them come on and doing auditions and things like that virtually so that they can get that set. And the big thing there is, um, you know, our counselors are kind of hammered on him because if they get selected into one of our show choirs and that takes up one of their, one of their 
you know, that plus the choir, that's a class period. And then, you know, who are they scheduling in the, in the bulk of music every other day? Who are they scheduling every day? Who didn't make it and drops out of choir now has to have another class to make that up. So the counselors are hammering saying, we got to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. In May. And so he's going to do that virtually as well. Yeah. I think that, that a big thing that we're struggling with is just what do you do with those kids that don't have access to no. be able to try out virtually. And that's, now, Centennial, every single kid in the school is in show choir, right? Just about. <laughs> just 450 kids. I know. It's crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> like when we descend upon Cedar Rapids for your guys' raise the, is it raise the roof, right? Yeah, it was awesome. I know. that It's – and we are – in our – or I mean, our group was really – they were really good this year. They were fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. But – how cool is that having that in the, oh, the sports that was, center? I tell you what, that was so good. We're doing it next year. We got the date set. and yeah. uh, That's pretty sweet. And he's really getting – he's got everybody coming back that was here this year. We had a great lineup this year, and he's got – he's bringing out-of-state folks in. Uh, nice. He's got out of Alabama. He's trying to get a couple out of California. Oh, wow. wow. It'll, be, it'll be cool. It's going to be crazy. Did you yeah. have that at the Sawyer Center? Yeah. We did. We rented the cell center for a day and, wow. and down there instead. And um, the, the sound was amazing. Oh, I bet. And we had to still bring in our own sound because they don't, they don't have that quality of sound system. The people who are playing concerts, they're bringing their own sound systems with them. So we had to do the same, but just that space. And it was, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, I know our cool. kids loved it. So yeah. Uh, another topic that we, uh, talked about what was lettering for spring sports. What's everybody doing for that? I thought that was a good question because are you told, letter every senior? Yeah, I told our coaches, I said, you know, we need to letter, we need to do our letters. Um, and I said, be very liberal. Yeah. You kind of know who was probably going to letter. And if there's, if you think you don't know, then letter them. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just such an extenuating circumstance. And, you know, there might be somebody letter this year that doesn't next year, you know, when they're back on the field or running track and that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's nothing to get hung up on and don't make it tougher than it needs to be. Right. The thing I've told our coaches is what I'd like to do. And I got this from Amanda out in California. I would, um, once we do that, hopefully things have relaxed a little bit in May, but myself and the coach, whether we drive, you know, can drive in separate cars, whatever, but we'll drive to every student's house and deliver their letter to them. Oh, that's cool. Mm. So we'll just take a day and do that with every team and, you know, take a few hours and go do that um, just to make it as personal as we can. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good idea. That is um, a good idea. We... We are still in discussions, and actually, me and my coach is on Thursday, and that's our uh, topic of discussion number one. Mm -hmm. um, and part of what we're trying to manage here is: do we have to do it the same in, in a multi-high school situation? Do we have to do it the yeah. same? Or, and and that'll be interesting because um, I don't know that Chris Grant and I are on the same page at this point in time. And I don't know if our coaching staff is going to be on the same page. And so I don't know if we're going to land on Wash, Jeff and Kennedy, I'll do it the same. And we'll have to figure that out. Maybe you and, 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 uh, Andy, uh, uh, 
I gotta figure that as well. But I, um, yeah. you know, the senior thing I think is we're going to work through pretty well, but the discussion we're having, we're kind of getting hung up on is, you know, we talked about, do you have all your returning letter winners? If they're a junior or freshman through junior, they won a letter last year. Do they automatically get one this year, no matter what? Yep. Well, then somebody brought the idea of, well, yeah, but uh, we've got a bunch of young kids coming in that probably are going to displace some upperclassmen on our varsity squad and some sports. And so they did let her last year, but now they wouldn't be on the varsity team this year. Should we make that assumption they're going to let her and give them one? Um, just the, 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 the debate about not watering it down. We yeah. work so hard to keep the letter B earned we, at the we, same time take into account the special circumstances and what's the right balance yeah. and, and we're we're going to take on another discussion on on thursday because the other thing was i've got my boys track coach said look man i got a couple of kids that are freshmen that i've seen them in two meets and i've seen them in practice and i know dang well mm-hmm. they're going to get a, they were going to get a varsity letter this year and now all of a sudden i'm supposed to not give them one because i mean so that's what we're struggling with Sure. And we'll lean towards the student athlete on that, but also try to find the right balance between protecting what the letter. Somebody even said they were going to, um, you know, letter all the seniors, letter juniors that were on varsity last year, letter the letter winners from last year. But if it was somebody coming in that they thought might letter, what they do is if they lettered last year, they'd retroactively letter them twice. Hmm. Yeah. One of my, excuse me, one of my big thoughts I had on that was, you know, we give a, we give a a pretty nice plaque to uh, a student athlete if they're a four-year letter winner in their sport. Um, They get a pretty nice plaque. Well, okay. So now I'm a junior. I can think of some junior boys track athletes that um, they're, they're barring an injury or something happening where they couldn't have finished this year out and couldn't go out next year. They're, they're going to be four-year athletes. i got some girls soccer players. They're going to be four-year letter winners, some boys soccer players that are juniors. Mm-hmm. they also not supposed to get that. Or So how do you adjust that? Are you, if it, is it a three or four letter winner for the next three years gets the plaque because they lost the year? Mm-hmm. Those are all the things we're talking about. That's a, that, that, what do you do with lettering your spring and summer sports folks? If we end up, you know, depending on what happens with summertime. Um, that's a, that's an interesting debate to have yeah. with your coaching staff. Okay. All right. Last one was social distancing for future events. Have you guys had any discussions about if the stadium you're going to have to sit sit everybody six feet apart or in the you know this? What are you guys doing with concession stands for the summer? Uh, have you guys had any of those discussions yet? Not till I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to wait for the guidance. You know, I, I got enough to think about and yeah. deal with what, what's current. Yeah. When we get guidance from the CDC or the state, then we'll go to work on it. Yeah. I, I have a hard time seeing us being able to even have events without the CDC regulations relaxing. So I, I'm kind of hoping that's going to be a moot point because I just do not have to try to plan that stuff out. Yeah. So yeah, we can put we can put everybody in plastic boxes up in the stands. <laughs> yeah, well then we better get to marketing that. That's right. <laughs> be like it'd be like the, the bench logo on them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. I have our, well, our ugly mugs on there who scare people away. Yeah. I, I did see something, too, today that a school, I won't name them, they're in Iowa. They are giving everybody the opportunity to buy $25 activity tickets. Adults, students, $25 to promote. Do is, is that for next year? Yeah. Hmm. That was a board decision. Yeah, so it's 25 bucks a person for the whole year for an activity ticket. Well, <clears throat> Um, Which is, you know, I mean, that the, the rationale was we want to make it in this hard time. We don't want you to worry about next year. This is something, it's not a bad idea, really. No, it's not. Um, we were having this discussion at a conference AD meeting the other day, and I'll be the devil's advocate uh, on this end of it. Because um, I was really pressing pretty hard before all this came up about when I started as an AD 13 years ago, our admission prices in our conference were $5 at, at non-football. So your basketball, volleyball, your stuff at your, your, uh, in your gyms. Um, $5 for adults and $4 for students and $3 for seniors. Uh -huh. 13 years later, our admission is still five, four, three. Uh -huh. um, to, to use an example, a varsity basketball official, my first year as an AD, we paid each official $60. This last year, we paid them $95 each per game uh, or for the varsity game. So we've had that kind of an increase in what we're paying officials, and the, ad, and the gate has stayed the same. So I was really starting to push and advocate for increased gate. And, of course, now everybody's like, well, Stecker, we can't do that now. Yeah. And you're right. But school financing is going to drop dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I heard something today about 25% decrease perhaps in, like, state tax revenue. In the state of Iowa, um, I mean, no, that's that we're we're going to take significant cuts, and so we're going to get less and less funding, or, or we're going to have less less and less sponsors. So, Todd, you're absolutely right. It's it, finding ways to to recognize our families are going to be hurting financially, and how do we still give them the chance to come to the games and be and fill our stands and all that? At the same time, how are we going to pay the bills and still provide the same experience? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the balance between those two things is going to be. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. And you're right. I mean, we'll definitely, that's a good, I, I, I really thought about this kind of tickets, but we, we need to talk about that as a booster club about, you know, we want to consider that and what do we consider? That's a good idea. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks Scott. That, uh, we could have gone all night on that too, but, uh, we, we decide we want to, do a little meat and potatoes here too. A little uh, talk about a, a program maybe too. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Um, the next thing we want to talk about tonight, have a quick discussion about, and we've been, we've been talking about this discussion for, oh, I, several months now, actually. Um, been excited to talk about this. Um, Todd there at Green County has, has uh, implemented a, what I think is just a really cool and fantastic uh, coaching uh, mentoring program with, with his coaches and his coaching staff. Uh, it's a one-to-one -one coaching session um, system that he's implemented up there at Green County. And just want to talk with Todd a little bit about, uh, about that program, how it's going, ask a couple of questions about that, and maybe get some folks out there thinking about how he's been using this to, to
to mentor and, and, and build and grow relationships with the staff. So Todd, just quick talk about, you know, just the process you went through in terms of, uh, you know, where this came from, developing this and how you got it started. Well, when I took the job last year, I knew I was coming into a coaching staff that was fairly inexperienced, a lot of young coaches, um, majority of the coaches, and this is directors too. I do it with our, our major directors, uh, speech, band, choir, uh, cheer, do it with all of them as well. And I knew I had a young staff, a, a staff that was just kind of hungry, I think, to be mentored. Um, and so it was a perfect opportunity to do this. And the pro what I decided to do, and, you know, Aaron and I, you and I talked about this and uh, was using the format from the book, Rod Olson's book, The Greatest Motivational Tool, and which is one of Rod's fables about a businessman, a business model, who's struggling with relationships with his employees, and it's kind of gruff. And, uh, but anyway, he, he's got to make some changes, um, and he comes up with this format of where he is talking with his employees, and basically just working through five questions. Um, and so I kind of use that format, and so if you haven't bought the book, Rod Olson's The Greatest Motivational Tool, you need to pick that up. It's a short read um, or get it on audiobook and listen to it. Um, so I, I committed to that and I told the coaches, directors, and when I say coaches, again, I, I tell the coaches all the time. When I say coaches, I mean coaches and directors. So I'm yep. all coaching something. So I'm not – so when I say coaches, that's everybody. Yep. I, I said, you know, we're going to do this. and. Um, so for me, that meant committing, it was 91 meetings that I had set up throughout the year. And I, I came up with a schedule <coughs> to where I would have two or well, basically three or four of those a week for about four straight weeks. And then there might be a week off. Um, and I've got the, can't share it because we're on a podcast, but I set up a whole schedule of uh, what that looks like with each coach. And I tried to do it so there's five meetings per coach. And one would be kind of a preseason, one maybe in their midseason when they're not really doing a whole lot. But the three main ones are one early in their season, one in the middle of their season, and one right before they go into tournaments. So very, very scheduled, very structured. You know, my fall coaches obviously were first. And then I did, you know, I didn't meet with baseball, softball coaches until about October or even early November. So it just kind of depended on the season. But obviously baseball, softball would be going into June and, and uh, early part of July on a normal year. So we set that up. Um, the format itself, it's a guided format. And I told them, and this is part of the, the book, too, the, in Rod's book, it's, it's, this is a process. It's not an event. So while you might call it a meeting, it's not a meeting. It's not an event that you cross off your list. This is a process to help them grow. And golly, what I found is I grew as much as they did. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a process to help them grow. Um, 
So I have a a um, three ring binder with every coach, and again, it's, it's something that's it's easier seen maybe than explained. But every coach has their five meeting sheets, and I everyone has a, a different one for every meeting, obviously. But I go through five questions. There's three P's we're talking about. We're talking about a purpose, a process, and a payoff. That's what we're trying to get them to, and that's directly from the book. Well. The purpose, every time they come in, I'd ask, I'd ask a clarifying question. And one of the things Rod Olson always says is, I think if you're going to lead people, you have to become a great questioner. So you're not, I wasn't trying to lead them to things. And I said, don't tell me what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I, I made that very clear early. I said, this isn't for you to tell me things that I want to hear. We're here to help you grow. And honesty is going to do that. Now, obviously, that first, you know, they got to learn to trust me. But that was a big part of this was uh, us getting to know each other a lot better, too. Um, So I'd always give them a purpose and I'd always go over our mission, our vision, uh, our values, our core values. And then the RAM way, which is kind of an acronym, you know, that we use to kind of describe our, our core values. And so. I did that always in the first meeting. The second meeting, the purpose might be, tell me what you do and what your program does really well with our core values. And we talk through that. Then the next one might be, what don't you do well? So there's a lot of, a lot of things that let them describe themselves, describe their programs, and we talk through that. Um, but anyway, so that would change from time. The purpose would change. The process was always the same. The questions were always the same. I'd always ask them to start with, what are you doing well? Tell me what you do well. It's amazing. And I, I, it's amazing the coaches that they had, they had to pause for a lengthy amount of time to think about what they're doing well. And so I would just let there be awkward silence a lot of times. <laughs> and, you know they would eventually come up with it but uh and it got easier as the meetings went on i mean especially early the first meeting was like well i don't know what <laughs> so after that they figured out and they knew what was coming but um there were some awkward silence a few times mm-hmm. and then i had them rate their professional life the second uh was to rate their professional life from one to ten ten being high one being low that was really interesting um, professional life being their coach, you know, their coaching life or, and, but for our, our, our teacher coaches, I would say, you know, you kind of lump that together a little bit. The non-teacher coaches, I said, you know, yeah, it's your professional life, but your personal life can be in there too. I mean, how's that? They, they flow together. It's hard to separate those sometimes. So, um, you know, they would, they would really fluctuate. I mean, I had one time I had a young coach in and I said, rate your professional life. This was our second meeting. I remember it clearly. He said, I'm about a five. Mm-hmm. You were struggling. So then we talk about, well, why are you struggling and, and this and that? And, um, you know, so we talked through those things. So, you know, and somewhere it would be a nine or close to a 10 sometimes. The next time they might be a seven especially if they're in the middle of their season. I mean, it just, 
it varied so much, but it just brought up so many conversations. And again, that's kind of part of you're helping these young coaches and older coaches. They go through it too. Um, kind of work through some of those things. The third thing I ask them is how, how they like working here. Just how, how do you, how's it going? How do you like working here? What's, what's good? What's bad? And that one was, that, that's, that's not a question. It, it, we didn't spend a lot of time on that, honestly. Um, it was good early, but then as things got going, uh, honestly, sometimes I skip that one. Maybe the third or fourth meeting, I might skip that one. Um, it kind of, kind of depend on what they rated their personal life or what their professional life might be. If it's a little lower, we might dive into that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth thing I ask them is how can I help you move closer to a 10? What can I do for you? You know, how can I serve you? What can I do? Um, and I would get some answers there that, you know, some specific things that I could help them do. So I would go to work on that. Um, Honestly, a lot of times it was just do this, just listen, just offer input, you know, and so it really varied. But a lot of times that's really all it was. They just appreciated somebody listening to them and kind of guiding them a little bit. Um, The fifth thing that is part of that, we call it the OBT, one big thing. What is one big thing that we can work on together? That And that could be, I said, this could be something you're going to work on throughout your season, something you're going to work on between now and our next meeting, which let's say is in three weeks. And some of them did that. Some of them had a big thing they were working on for their whole season. So the next meeting might be, well, how, how's that coming? And what's another piece of that you need to mark off before our next meeting? So it kind of depended. It, it just totally up to them. Most of them were individual, though. They would go from meeting to meeting with one big thing that they were going to try and do. And then the last thing was uh, the payoff. The last P was the payoff. And I would ask them, what's one thing you're going to take away from this meeting? And they would, you know, they would say, well, I got this idea now. Or, again, that was a lot of them was um, they just appreciated knowing that I cared about them and cared about how they were doing and how they were, how their job was going. They just appreciated that. So again, that varied a little bit. The last thing that I did was it gave me an opportunity to tell them a couple things that I appreciated about them. You know, I really appreciate how you're doing this with your program and your kids, or um, it gave me to really maybe speak some life into them before they left the office and let them know that I appreciate them. and just very genuinely tell them what I think they're doing well. Um, and then that was really it. I, it was 40 minutes and, uh, it usually went a full 40. Very rarely did it go less than 30. And it, it, I said 40 minutes and I, I usually tried to hold to that and we tried to get through it in 40 to honor everybody's time. So, um, that was the process. Um, uh, that's not much of a nutshell, but that, that was the process. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, first of all, Todd, just, you know, we started talking about that um, after we both have been introduced to the book. Gosh, what was that? That was 
wrestling, state wrestling a couple of years ago, maybe. It might have been, was, yeah. Initial conversation, I think, where you're driving to state wrestling, talking on the phone, and just super excited that you followed through on that this year. Um, just another reason why Todd Gordon is A-level, and I'm, oh. well, not um, uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff. But uh, cool experience. Um, I, what have you found when you're okay, sitting back reflecting on it now? What do you think the most effective or most beneficial outcome of the whole process you went through was just in general? Building trust and relationships with the coaches. Um, it, it was perfect timing. Um, you know, a new job, a place that needed somebody seasoned, maybe that had been through the ringer a little bit, but had been through, you know, 30 plus years of coaching and being an AD with a young coaching staff, good young coaches and uh, good experienced coaches, a good mix, but the majority of our coaches are young. And again, this was just head coaches. It wasn't all, it wasn't a sit, it was just head coaches. Sure. Um, Did, sorry, go ahead. No, it was just, it was perfect timing to do it. Um, they didn't really know much about me. I didn't know much at all about them, except what I'd heard. Um, and what I hear doesn't mean anything to me. I got to go in and meet myself and get to know myself. So in, in Rod's story, then, I mean, one of the phases of that then is that his department heads he's meeting with and start to use these one-on-one -on -one meetings with, with their departments, with people they serve. Did you have any head coaches? Um, did, did they speak with you or do you encourage any of them, uh, maybe the more experienced ones to do this on their own staff? No, I really didn't. Um, I I think that would have been year two, and okay. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to approach year two now because you know I've got a first year baseball coach that I only got two meetings in with, mm -hmm. and um, I need to do it again. And you know, there's yeah, I mean there's there's weeks that you think oh I got to get three of these in, and some of them are at seven o'clock in the morning because I got people that go to work, you know, in Des Moines. And so we meet at 7 a.m. But, boy, you get there, it's like Anthony. You get there, you go, and it's like, man, this is great. I love it. And um, so it's, it's, it's something we need to continue. And I think that's probably the next step is to have them do that with, you know, their, or their staff at some point, too. What was the biggest struggle as you went through the process? Uh, sometimes scheduling the non, the, uh, non-teacher coaches who don't have a prep period. Um, you know, I had one coach who, who worked at a place that wasn't quite as flexible and it was hard. I, I went one time to meet with him, um, at his house when he's taking care of his daughter cause their daycare worker was sick. Mm. And he said, Hey, I got, I got time today. And, uh, so I went over to his house at noon and, uh, his daughter is playing around and, and, uh, but, but we had, we had a session there. They don't all have to take place in my office. Yeah. Um, I did a couple of them at a coffee shop in town. You know, it doesn't have, it's, it doesn't have to be a real strict setting. Um, but sometimes scheduling the non teacher coaches can be a difficult thing to do. Um, last question for you on this. Cause, um, clearly this is, I mean, this is a part of or a piece of it. And, and frankly, I, um, 
I've been talking to you about all year long on this and thinking about this and I, I want to go this direction as well. And I'm now going to my formal evaluation process and I'm like, okay, I don't want to do the formal evaluation process at the Likert scale one to five checklist. I want to just focus here. You still have to do your formal evaluation process with your coaches and how are you merging the two together so that it's not extra work? Well, my formal evaluation process, you know, takes that meeting usually takes about an hour, but about 40, 45 minutes of that is talking through a list of about five or six questions that I have um, that we discuss a little bit differently than what this is. Um, but they're just, they're again, a lot of reflective questions. And then I go into the formal piece, which takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes to go through that depending on the coach, depending on, you know, what we, things we need to talk about, improvements and things like that. But yeah, you know, you're always going to have to do that formal piece. Um, again, this is just an extra thing. And again, it, it's just, it's an extra 90 meetings for me, 91 meetings. Uh, had we gone through the year, um, but again, I saw it as something valuable that I needed to do uh, to change our culture um, and to help our coaches grow. And I think if you help the coaches grow, then your culture changes, then your programs change. Well, I, I, stole this, I stole this from Todd, so this is something I want to implement here too. And I got the information from Todd this I think it was this winter that Todd shared that with me and changing a few things, but just a good solid format to use. And I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be fun. Well, it's, I can tell you, you, you look at what it's going to, you won't regret it. Yeah. Uh, the conversations that you get to have with people. And again, it's about building the relationships and yeah. you know, all three of us are relationship guys. And I don't think you can be in this business and not be uh, to care about the people that you you oversee, uh, for lack of a better term. And man, the, the conversations that you will have with your coaches are just really, really good, and they make you feel good about doing what you do. Yep. I I think this is what our coaches are. It's what they're thirsty for. I think it's what will reignite passion. Uh, that's what I'm excited about it and, and shifting this direction to is, and they don't want to sit in your office and hear you say, you know, on a, on a scale of one to five, I think you are a four when it comes to organizing your practice schedule and organizing your uniform checkout and organizing uniform check-in. <laughs> that's, that's all part of it about being a good coach and being an effective coach. But um, man, this gets their juices flowed. I imagine. Mm -hmm. Um them thinking gets them reflecting uh, on their practice and, and I imagine you feel as you came through it maybe you you caught um maybe you caught some coaches on on the ledge maybe getting ready to, to work themselves into a funk where man do I like this do I really want to keep doing this is this worth it have I reached the point of diminishing returns do you feel like you maybe caught some of that stuff early but, before they got to that point yeah the coach that was a five yeah. in October you know, by the, by February, he was an eight, yeah. you know, um, because when he was a five, you know, again, you become, well, why, why you like this? And then, so you give him just a couple things 
to focus on. He had, he had no, he had all this big picture out here to where the cloud was so big, he had nowhere to start. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. you got to narrow that down. Yeah. Let's do these two things in the next three weeks and really focus on that. Here's all I want you to do. You know, he, he just had all this stuff going on in his head. And I said, no, let's just narrow this down. So, um, yeah, that's, that's one that I know through about five months and a couple other meetings, um, really, really turned the tide a little bit. Now, yeah, that was really worthwhile. Well, that's cool. Uh, Todd, great, great job. Good for you for stepping out, uh, maybe of your comfort. Well, not your comfort zone. You, you love those conversations, but stepping out of your comfort zone in terms of the scheduling and the, the, the perseverance it takes to, to grind through that. So well done. And uh, thanks for sharing that. Tonight. You bet. You bet. Thank you. Well, I guess I'm going to close it up here too. Um, and again, I, I would say anybody out there listening, um, if you want to talk more about this, just let me know. Um, gotten pretty good at zoom calls and Google meets. And, um, but I, I be happy to talk to you about it or send you any information to let you work through it yourself. And again, you know, Scott has the right idea. Um, the questions I asked may not be the ones you want to ask. You may change one or two of them or change the format. Um, but I think it's, I think 30, 40 minutes, that's all you ask of them. I think that's all we can plan in our day, especially if you're doing three of them a week. Um, you know, what I would do, I, I use the Gmail scheduler where I could put my weekly schedule in kind of, and they knew what slots were open. And so they could sign up through that. Um, we didn't have to go back and forth. They saw what times were open. They could sign up. That came back to me. And uh, it was confirmed that way on a calendar too. So that was a pretty slick nice. process to do it with, actually, to schedule it. Um, I want to talk through, as close tonight, um, something called the Stockdale Paradox. Have you guys heard of that? I have not. James Stockdale um, is a Vietnam veteran. He was an admiral, but uh, he was shot down in Vietnam in 1965 and spent seven years uh, as a uh, prisoner of war. And the Stockdale paradox is this, and then I'll explain a little bit more. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, meaning the faith. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose. And then it continues. Here's the paradox. With the discipline to confront the brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. Very timely right now for what we're, we're dealing with. They asked Admiral Stockdale at the end of this, and this, this was featured, by the way, in Jim Cohn's book, Good to Great. This is one of the things that he talks about in his book. Um, but I encourage everybody to do their own research on this and watch some YouTube, listen to him talk about his experience. But they asked him about this, you know, very, very briefly. You know, why this? 
He said, the people that did not make it through, well, they asked him, what, what people didn't make it through, uh, you know, the torture and the captivity? He said, the optimists didn't make it through. And we hear a lot about that right now. You know, be optimistic, stay positive. And that's true. We got to be that. But we also need to confront the reality of what we're going through right now mm-hmm. and be real about it. Yet not lose faith that in the end of it, we'll be okay, whatever that looks like. But we can't lose faith either. And he said the people that were optimists usually didn't make it, they died. Because they were thinking, you watch, I'm going to be out of here by Christmas. Or I'm going to be out of here in less than a year. And then that Christmas comes, and they're still there, mm-hmm. and they lose all hope. Yep. They were optimistic until that happened. And he said, then they just lost it. And his deal was, i got to deal with the reality I'm in right now and have faith at the end of this, I'm going to get through it but he dealt with the brutal facts of where he was and what he was going through. Yeah. And so that day to day got him through. And I just, I think that parallels exactly what we're going through right now. Yes. We need to be optimistic. We need to be positive. We hear that, but it's not that simple. Yeah. Because we don't know when it's end, when it's going to end. But the reality is we got to face the reality of it, but we can't lose faith. Mm-hmm. of what would be like in the end. Yep. I, I think it's an interesting thing because optimism, I think, uh, can take a beating out there. You know, pe- people say, oh, I'm an optimist, or I have positivity. And, oh, that's just Pollyanna world. You hear John Gordon talk about that a lot. Oh, you're just too Pollyanna. Um, I've just never felt optimism is, this, is, a, is a one-sided coin. Right. Optimism is not a that there's not be tough things in life. Optimism is not um, turning a blind eye to tough circumstances and the fact you got to grind to get through it. It's this, it's, it's that coupled with a hope that if I'll keep grinding, I'm in tough circumstances and I'm in, as he puts it, the brutal facts of your current reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be, able to, I'm be willing to do the work day to day to get, to, to move forward through that. But you always have to have this idea that I'll just keep doing that. Um, I'll get through it. I'll get out of it. And I think that's the half of optimism people forget about. So that's why I bring this up, Todd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't forget the grind. Yep. And definitely don't lose, don't lose the faith and don't lose the hope. Yep. And, uh, that's what we've got to try and find again, ways right now to bring that to our kids and our coaches and mm-hmm. yep. but mainly our kids right now, but our coaches too. And adults are hurting too. We know that. Yeah. Um, but we've got to keep finding ways to give our kids hope and uh, let them have some faith too. So kudos to everyone out there who's doing that. Um, you know, we're finding ways and uh, that's all we can do at this point. So guys, appreciate it. Uh, good podcast tonight. Thanks for the discussion. And, and uh, Hey, we are excited next week. Um, big guest. Do we want to give it away? Yeah, let's do it. Leak, leak it, leak it leak now. It. Neither one of us, none of us are the master of the tease. No, I know, I know. Well, next week we're going to have Phil Risen on, assistant executive director of the NIAAA. 
uh, will be with us on the podcast next week. I'm excited about that. Um, and then, Scott, let's just go ahead. And uh, we kind of put it out there on social media, but two weeks. Uh, yeah. Tell the people who we got in two weeks. Well, we've got, um, if you've seen the movie Greater, which is out on Netflix right now, um, we've got Marty and Vicki uh, Burlesworth that will be with us. And that was Brandon Burlesworth's brother. And, um, and then we're also going to have Coach Tice, who is a longtime head coach at Arkansas, join us. So excited about that one, too. That'll be a fun one. It will be. Great movie. I did finally get it watched. Did you, isn't great it great? I, we, we watched it with our football team. Um, the year we had one of our football players at Newton pass away in a car accident. Uh, uh, Scott just turned into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Have them on. yeah, that'll be good. Um, so, anyway, guys, uh, appreciate you taking time tonight. Always good to see you. Uh, now that we're using Zoom to do our podcast, we see each other as well. So, um, we look pretty good. Our hair, Scott and I got hats on. Aaron's, he's got the whole flow going on. He's got the puff going. So Just going everywhere. <laughs> Let's see what I got. Good stuff. Guys, thank you. Appreciate you. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you. Next week on Beyond the Bench with Phil Risen. Be blessed.